What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. If it's your first time coming to hang out, let me tell you what's going to go on so you everybody can be up to speed. Buds, Bros, and Superheroes is the name of the show, but it's also the sections in which we are going to talk today, filled with such news as... New York has a new off-duty conduct law that will help protect people to smoke weed off the clock, as well as popularity in cannabis delivery. In the bros, we're going to talk about Mother's Day. By the time you're listening to this, the next day after will be Mother's Day. I didn't know shit about Mother's Day, or why we do it, or anything like that at all, to be honest. So, we have actually a lot of cool information in there. And then to finish out the superhero section, we have X-Men, the original, the one that, in my opinion, really started off this entire big superhero kick that we've been on for about two decades now and it never felt that old it's 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 really stood up so it's gonna be a fun time joined again by my good friend joe say hello joe hey guys how's it going dude you had a really popular episode very happy that you came back you have like 30 youtube views on it it's amazing <laughs> so thank you very much for coming back, hanging out again, thank talking you. about some X-Men, some Mother's Day, and some marijuana news on Buds, Bros, and Superheroes, which we can kick off right now in the Bud section. So in this section, though, I do have to start off before we get to any news, asking, uh, what you smoking on today, Joe? I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what strain it is. I, I okay. never, but I got it right here on... Is it delicious? Absolutely. <coughs> that was a deep one. <laughs> deep one. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Now, is this going to give you an uppity kind of, or are you going to chill out a little bit more? I'm, I, I have to do an animation later, so I'm, like, already nervous, so this is, like, chilling me out. Nervous because I got to do, not because of this, because I, I always get like that right before I have a project that I have to do. That isn't for me, you know what I mean? This is for somebody else. So I always get nervous right before I do it. So it's chilling me out. Nice. Yeah, I find that weed either puts me in one or two, you know, even if it's not a product of the sativa versus indica, where I'll either get super chatty or not. It's either 180 degrees, I'm either just talking a mile a minute, or I'll just shut the fuck up. And for people like my wife, she's like, are you okay when it's the shut the fuck up kind? Because I'd say nine out of ten times, it's the chatty kind, because I'm already a chatty kind of person. Same. There's only one strain in a while. So just be like, you okay? And I'll just shake my head, and she's like, Nick, say something. And I'll just be like, what? I can't even respond. It's more just words of, It's just put me into a different zone. I don't know. Like, Making words seems hard. I don't feel like it. Just look at my head. It's nodding. It's shaking. You'll figure it out. I'll go through these, like, random bursts of energy. Like, I'll be dead, and then all of a sudden, I'll be, like, super hyper. My wife's always like, are you okay? Like, wh- what's the matter? And I'm just like, no. <laughs> just feel like doing the dishes. Just got to get the dishes done right now, okay? I'm just going to do the dishes. <laughs> like, I turn into a, a cartoon character. I don't know what happens. <laughs> it's like, I start singing songs that make no sense, like... <laughs> Dude, we are kin. Yeah, that sounds exactly like what goes on here all the time. (laughs) To continue on into this bud section, I do have some high times. I went to high times and I found some fun articles that I thought I wanted to get your opinion on. This first one is a new poll shows cannabis delivery has increasing popularity and demand. The demand for cannabis delivery appears to have increased during the COVID-19 pandemic. Will it remain popular? I think that that's kind of a dub, but at the same time, yeah, I think that what this pandemic has done in a lot of things that it has opened the door to, we can never shut again. 
One of those is working from home. You know, a lot of people are going to be like, fuck you, I'm never coming back. And the other is like delivery, like, fuck you, I'm never going out again. Yeah, but I mean, just from a stoner point of view, you mean to tell me that somebody could bring weed to my house and I don't have to leave to get it? Like, of course, it's going to stay popular. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that I'm worried about is just the drivers is because if I get a normal order and maybe they have to pick up two or three orders, it stays a cash business. They can have like two grand in their fucking pocket in between places. And that's what kind of is like, maybe we shouldn't be doing that all the time because what are you going to do? You know, you can't just, you're going to put it in a safe box that's attached to the car or some shit. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, that's an issue with delivery drivers in general. Like, I mean, I used to deliver food and I, I never, nothing bad ever happened to me, but not going with, thank God, but I've heard stories and like that's always that's always something that's in the back of your head because you're carrying all this money on you and then people know you're a delivery guy because you're carrying food and stuff. Yeah. So, but I think that the uh, popularity will go. So just to continue more and anybody who wants to go and read the full thing, it's at high time slash poll popularity cannabis delivery. During the pandemic, cannabis delivery and drive through options became more of a hot topic than ever before. So, boom, you know, yes, delivery is smart. Now a drive through too. like I would prefer the drive through to eliminate what we just talked about. But at the same time, like, I don't want to get out of my fucking car, dude. Like, that's my main point. Let's just, like, yeah, let's get drive throughs going. If I can get a fucking Dunkin' Donuts through anything, you got to be able to slap a drive through on all these guys, too. What do you think? Yeah, the only problem with that, because the one around the corner from my house um, when, when COVID started, was they changed to a drive through But the problem with that was that it took, like, I mean, it's literally around the corner from my house. It would take, like, an hour, hour and a half to get your weed just just because of the amount of cars. It was it just took way longer. But that, I guess that was like it was when it first started. I don't know. So I guess if it's open and you had both, both of those options, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Now, again, I'm just going to go into a different weird little side note because it's something I struggle with on a weekly basis, maybe biweekly of my McDonald's has two drive throughs. Mm hmm. The dual lane. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you, sir, you roll up to your McDonald's, there's five cars in the left lane with the other one not being used. Do you cut the five cars and enter the second lane or do you go, huh, everybody's waited in line so far, I should just wait in line too? Oh, my God. See, I I would probably wait in line because my anxiety gets so high and then people would be like, I, I just might, I would just be like, no. My wife, on the other hand, would go in the other lane and, um... I'd probably be in the passenger seat like, no, 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 just wait, just stay in this one. Everybody else is waiting. And they'd be like, but they should have went over here. And they'd be like, but there might be something wrong with the thing. And I'm like, well, they should have checked. And then, you know, it's just <laughs> my anxiety goes through the roof with that. That's so funny. Me too, man. No, I feel I have the same weird little argument in my head. And I see other people do it. And I'm not forsaking them or forsaking me for sitting there or anybody in the line. I'm not saying one way is better than the other because there have been multiple times where I have still gotten ahead of the person who chooses to go to the second lane. So my time doesn't really change, and that's not here nor there, but, like, same thing of the anxiety of just, like, they're all waiting in line for a reason. Why are they there? I don't know. Is this the right spot? It goes back to, I was talking to Daniel from the Reasons I'm Broke podcast last episode, and he works at a comic book store, and, like, I do the thing that he complained about almost of, like, just bringing my comics to the front and not going, hello, I'd like to check out now, please, of just sitting there like, well, I guess, well, I guess if I had money to spend, maybe I'd I'd probably, oh, oh, now? Okay, hi, guys. Like, rather than just being so upfront about it, I feel the same way about a McDonald's line. Like, I'll wait in this line. It's okay. Thank you. I don't understand how the dual lane helps, because it's not like there's two pickup windows. It's... 
you just get right back into the same line. So I don't, I, I don't know. If, if anybody works at McDonald's, explain that how it, how it, I guess you order faster and you can process more orders. I don't know. I don't know. And the double stupid fuck about mine, the one I'm talking about, is if now both lanes are open and full past a third car in the second lane, anybody who parked cannot get out of the parking lot. It's a one-way in, a one-way out, so you've got to loop around the building. And now if you're in the second lane, you loop. So exit, like, it is a triple fuck. So one time I was sitting there, and the line was long, and literally somebody was just laying on the horn the whole time of, Sorry for the podcast listeners, because that's going to suck. But imagine that for 10 seconds, just going and then stopping and looking out like, come on, just move a little bit. Bomp. Like it was fucking nuts. It was it's again, I'm going to have to agree with you, please, sir. If I have any McDonald's listeners who are like, well, actually, the numbers say if you have two lines that form into two and then come back into one, it's three times as fast or some shit. Hook me up with that knowledge because it's it's stupid to me. Well, I don't think it, I'm just curious as to how it is faster. If someone could explain it to me, that'd be cool. I, don't, I just don't know. Like, it's my checkers. There's a checkers burger place near me, and they they had a double drive through, but that that had two separate pickup windows. So like, people were working on both sides. So like, that makes sense to me. But having two two order with two order but one pickup window on the same side of the building. I don't know. Well, speaking of your um, um, parking lot, getting stuck in the parking lot, there's a Dunkin' Donuts by me. Similar situation. There's, like, a Taco Bell that's right next to it now. But, like, the drive throughs for the Taco Bell and the Dunkin' Donuts go around the back of both buildings. And if you're parked by the Dunkin' Donuts, you might get stuck if there's a long line with Dunkin' Donuts because of how the buildings are laid out. Um Yeah. I don't know how far of a distance we are, but if I had to guess, is your Dunkin' Donuts always fucking packed? Like you said, if it's packed, and in my opinion, it's just like, nah, that shit's fucking packed. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, usually. I mean, there are like five, there's, I'm sorry, there's four Dunkin' Donuts within like two miles of my house, and they're all always busy. Um, the one with the drive-thru, there's only one with the, there's, I'm sorry, there's two at drive-thru, both of them, the line's always around the thing, and then the other two are, you gotta go inside. But then there's no place to park near those Dunkin' Donuts um, in in the parking lot. Usually, isn't it just Dunkin' now? Isn't it? Yes. Yes. Why? <laughs> I guess because donuts are unhealthy. It's really strange that donuts. Like I do appreciate the donut and the fact that it's dessert and it's happy to be dessert in the morning. It doesn't try to like sneak you out and say part of a balanced breakfast. It's just like nah, fuck you. I'm a pastry with frosting. Like eat it in the morning. <laughs> But I guess other people were like, well, no, we're we're health conscious now. And if America runs on Dunkin', they're not going to do it if they're lethargic on donuts. I don't know. Fuck it. I still get donuts. Not the greatest, though. Like, everybody knows they have donuts with it. I don't know. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Got another article here from High Times that I want to talk about, about New York updates off-duty conduct law to protect employees who use cannabis off the clock. The Empire State's off-duty conduct law now protects employees who use illegal cannabis outside of work hours. Fucking brilliant. I think I really hope that this goes well for New York and spreads all throughout where you go. Because as long as it's legal, how are you breaking the law? As long as you're not caught smoking a J on the job or, you know, walk in smelling like Snoop Dogg's sweater, I think you'll be okay. I agree completely. I always thought that was if something was legal, how could you get in trouble for it? And weed's different than like alcohol. Like weed stays in your system. So like I could have smoked two days ago and it would still be in my system if I went to work, but I would be completely sober. You know what I mean? Like, it's different than going to work drunk. You know what I mean? Like, 
I'm not saying go to work stone. I'm saying like it stays in your system. So getting tested for that stuff's kind of like like what if you went to Amsterdam and smoked there and it was legal when you were there and then you came back and then they decided to randomly drug test you and you're like, well, you didn't break the law. <laughs> like, yeah, I thought that when I traveled to Colorado and California before I got my medical card in this state of I'm not I did not break the law. Right. Yeah. It's legal there. So it's not. Uh, and now even if. Today, if I got it, I was like, today I'm done smoking marijuana. And with how heavy of a user I was up until this very point, in two weeks, if they tested me, they'd be like, we found THC in your system. Exactly. exactly. It's like, I haven't smoked for two weeks. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure. Tell it to the judge or you're fired or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy with this decision. Again, I hope that it's it should be just how it should be. It really has. I, I'm surprised it has to be said that what you do at home on your own business, as long as it doesn't affect your job, can affect your job. Yeah, but I mean, the the amount of like common sense things that people just argue about, it's like, I I don't know. It's a funny world we live in, that's for goddamn sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm happy about that. I hope it goes through, and I hope, I also hope like everybody in prison for marijuana gets out. Like, how ridiculous is that? That, like, it's legal now in a lot of places, and people are in prison for it because they were selling it or whatever. It's just like, I don't know. <laughs> it's fucked up. Yeah, anybody who has been or is in prison for a fucking plant right now is one of the craziest slash dumbest things I've ever heard. Definitely get everybody out of there. I vote for all the time legalization over all 50 states, and this law is set in place, too, to make sure, like, dude, I don't want to get home and crack something open. I'd rather just spark a joint. Why am I going to be unprotected like the person who wants to crack a bottle or some shit like that? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I completely agree. With that, I think we could end out of this bud section. I'm hoping we could do so in a fun way. We've never done this before on the show, um, but we haven't been, I've, I've never actively smoked. You want, you want to take a bong hit to rip this out? Oh yeah. Oh, I don't think I told you what I was smoking. I'm sorry. It was Nigerian haze. Delicious. Nice sativa. I put a video up, a little review on our Instagram page. So anybody out there who wants to know what I thought of Nigerian Hades, head on over to the Instagram. Give us a like, give us a follow, those fun things. But with that, we can close on out of the bud section and open up into the bro section. This section, this time, is going to be dedicated to mom. That's right. Tomorrow, as you're listening to this, if you downloaded it on the day of premieres, if not, it's sometime in the past or maybe so far in the future that it's coming up again. Sorry. I got stuck in the butt section there for a little bit on that one. Um, Mother's Day is coming up, and I didn't know fucking shit about Mother's Day. Have you ever really stopped to think about why we do it or what's going on with that? No, I read uh, some of your notes about it, though, and I was fascinated. Apparently, it uh, John Wanamaker, and it originated in Philadelphia and West Virginia. I did not know that. It's a crazy story with all the fucking remakes and reboots and sequels and bullshit that they're making. I'm surprised that we haven't heard, like, the Mother's Day story. You know, some shit like that. It's got to be coming soon, though. I brought it up. I have it on history because goddamn right the History Channel is the fucking best. Even online, they are amazing. If you want to read that full, it's uh, history.com slash topic slash holiday slash Mother's Day. To start this off, I'm actually going to start with a little bit of trivia. It's a fun little fact that they put on this website. Did you know... More phone calls are made on Mother's Day than any other day of the year. These holiday chats with mom often cause phone traffic to spike by as much as 37%. 
37. <laughs> Dude, once you start looking for that number, I swear to it's fucking Christ, number. it's everywhere. It's crazy. The origins of Mother's Day as celebrated in the United States date back to the 19th century. In the years before the Civil War, Anna Reeves Jarvis of West Virginia helped start Mother's Day Work Club to teach local women how to properly care for their children. I just think it's funny. I don't want to tell my mom about the John Wanamaker part of it because she's always like, Philadelphia's the pest. And then that'll just be another thing where she'll be like, Philly, but if it wasn't for Philadelphia, there would be no Mother's Day. <laughs> Which I guess is true, but it's, uh, it's just, she's just annoying with that stuff. <laughs> like, she's very proud of her Philly roots. And just, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just, I've heard it so much. I don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> We'll keep that on the down low then. Yeah, mom won't listen to this episode. She doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> One more thing I have here is the official Mother's Day holiday arose in the 1900s as a result of the efforts of Anna Jarvis, daughter of Anna Reeves Jarvis. Following her mother's 1905 death, Anna Jarvis conceived a Mother's Day as a way of honoring the sacrifices mothers made for their children. So that one kind of makes more sense. Like, you know, this lady was great and she did a bunch of things to help out mothers. And then her daughter saw that and was like, that's fucking amazing. I'm going to have a day to celebrate that day. So like you were just talking about, after gaining financial backing from a Philadelphia department store owner named who? John, how do you say that? Uh, Wanamaker? Wanamaker. So that was May 1908. She organized the first official Mother's Day celebration at a Methodist church in Grafton, West Virginia. The same day also saw thousands of people attend a Mother's Day event at one of the Wanamaker's retail stores in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was really cool because we had scheduled this and we were going to talk. I didn't know 100% know that we were going to do Mother's Day, but it just kind of ended up that way. And in this house, you're known as Philly Joe because I know a lot of Joes. And, you know, so to talk about that and to find out that this story has roots in Philadelphia, I was like, fucking A. What is like, that's kind of weird, right? I had no idea. I was like. John Wanamaker. I was reading the notes. It was John Wanamaker. Philadelphia. Oh, God. <laughs> you would think that I picked it because of where you are, but no, it just happened to be a giant fucking quinky dink. <laughs> Speaking of, hold on. Mo, did we get my mom those edible arrangements? Can we order them, please? <laughs> I thought you ordered them. Yeah, okay. We, I, we're getting my mom an edible arrangements for Mother's Day. But Delicious. I thought we ordered it already. We didn't. Okay, continue. (laughs) I think we're going to go candles. A new Yankee candle just opened up in the mall. And candles. I don't know. I find that one so weird. Because now that I don't live there anymore, like the main thing was always like breakfast. I got that shit. So I did that for like 30 years, you know, and now I'm just like, I'm not waking up to drive there to make you breakfast. That just (laughs) seems like me waking up really early. And I don't like to do that. Sorry, mom. (laughs) Oh, man. Yes, I live with my mother. She's upstairs right now. She's legally blind, so me and my wife, uh, we help her out a lot, which makes it interesting, I'll tell you. Yeah, she can only, she has macular degeneration. She can only see peripheral vision out of one eye, and she's like totally blind in the other eye, so she can't see very well at all. Um, that has not stopped her from trying to do anything, but that's, that's where it gets frustrating for me, because like the older she gets, the more she thinks she could still do a lot of the stuff that she used to be able to do. And then I got to make sure she doesn't get hurt, you know, because now I'm just worried all the time. (laughs) No, I feel that. That's so nice, though, dude. Very noble. Uh, My father passed away a a few years ago, um, for those who may not have known. So um, 
he they were married like 32 years so like he took care of most of the stuff and everything and now he's gone so it's like you know you know one of those things but um yeah she's <laughs> in the spirit of this we're going to talk about some past mother's day and things like that i already brought up one of the things that i always remember is trying to make breakfast and one year especially i really remember trying to make breakfast and trying to make coffee and thinking that you had to fill the water in the back to the top and at the very top is a hole in it to make sure that you can't overfill it. So if it gets, you know, almost like your sink, you can't overfill your sink because it dumps down the hole, which, you know, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't understand this. And I just mm-hmm. kept fucking filling that shit thinking that I wasn't, oh, I'll just add more water. Once it starts to go down, I'll add a little bit of extra water to make sure that I get the full tank. Because I was thinking I was missing out on some water thus missing out on some coffee and that was not the case and shit went fucking bananas and everywhere my father wakes up and like he's a dad and i'm just a child and i'm screaming because now i'm burning myself on scolding coffee trying to clean it up before anybody sees it but it's still coming out hot as shit motherfucking shit show but i remember that (laughs) that is funny i don't have any i don't think i have any crazy mother's day stories of anything other than like we you know go to dinner and have a nice dinner um yeah i don't, I don't think i i don't i don't know my other favorite mother's day doesn't really even involve my mother i think it was like three or four years ago i worked a mother's day waitering at a pancake house so i got all the brunches and that was a good day money wise everybody was just like why aren't you home with your mother and i'm like because i'm here making money dumb shit like the fuck oh, do you yeah. want your pancakes or not I worked, that's another thing, I used, I worked at a restaurant for many years on Mother's Day, and it was always, like, the busiest day ever. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think that is the, the busiest, like, restaurant day. It might be, yeah, on top of being the most called upon day in the world, apparently. It now would not surprise me if it also ended up being the most busy restaurant day. I think definitely, because I, I worked at a, a, like, a breakfast, brunch, diner, so, like, it was, I mean, every year it was just like the busiest day we ever had. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was just in general. Let me just take a weird little twist right now. Do you happen to believe in aliens? Big into that, I am. Alien stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Have we talked about this before? Maybe not at length, but I think it was after one of your claymations with the alien guy. I was like, oh, that guy shows up. And you're like, yeah, I fucking love that shit. Yeah, no, I mean, I've been the one, that's like the one, like, I don't even want to say conspiracy theory anymore because everyone's saying they're real, including the Pentagon and the Navy and the Army and everything, so, you know, uh, but that was the, the one thing I was always, like, convinced was was real, mainly because, in, I mean, I saw one, me, me, my friend Andre, Will Roberts, and Rob Severin in 2004, Sea Isle City, New Jersey. We were walking back to Rob's grandmother's house. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. Andre goes, hey, do you guys see that? And there was like a glowing orb off over the horizon. And it was doing all these like, it was like going in all sorts of directions, like zigzag patterns. And then it just, it was just gone. And Andre's like, you guys saw that, right? And we were like, yeah. And ever since then, I've been like, and once again, this was 2004 drones and stuff. It was way too big to be, it was, the way it was moving like up and down, right in ninety degree turns, like, and then it just disappeared. So I've uh, ever since then I've been like, so when Tom DeLong went on his like alien thing, I was like, oh, that's awesome, you know. And then at first he sounded crazy, and then everything 
I mean, he backed up everything he said, and you got the government starting. It's like he's, he started a, a program now that, and now it's like, yeah, no, UFOs are real or UAPs, but now we don't, we don't, we don't know what they are apparently. But I think they do. But <laughs> it's just, I think they know as well. It's just fascinating. This yeah, I don't think we're alone. Um, Close Encounters of the Third was it Close Encounters or ET? Um. He got a, a a letter from NASA saying, like, you should not release this movie. Um, I think it was Close Encounters. And he was like, well, that's what I knew something. Why would NASA take the time to write me this letter telling me not to put this movie out? <laughs> like, it was J. Allen Hynek, the, the guy they hired to run Project Blue Book, said, like, I was convinced that they were real. And I they told me to debunk everything. He's like, there were things we could debunk. That wasn't, you know, it was obviously not, but there were many things that were unexplainable that, like the swamp gas thing that he said, he admitted that that was complete bullshit. They made him come up with something. That was his job to do that. And then he's in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He's he's in, he's at the end of the movie uh, smoking a pipe when the aliens land. He gave Spielberg access to all the Project Blue Book um, stuff. So apparently Close Encounters of the Third Kind is one of the most apparently, like, accurate depictions of like communication with like with tones and stuff and, and did you see arrival the new there's two the one with charlie sheen or the one with uh amy adams the one with amy adams and jeremy renner's also in it too hawkeye yes yes i saw I just both. I left for the first time and it was fucking brilliant it's yeah it's a very interesting topic there's 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 some cool documentaries that are worth checking out um phenomenon's one of them that just uh it's brand new. It just came out this year. A lot of stuff I already knew about, but if you're not familiar with it at all, it's definitely worth watching. I will. Yeah, I like shit like that, too. I'll just ask one more. It's more of a horror, but have you seen The Fourth Kind? Yeah, that's dude, that movie was... There's also a documentary called The Fifth Kind, but apparently that, that guy is a wacko. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that after. But The Fourth Kind was genuinely creepy, and I wonder... Like, they said all that footage was real. So, is that real? Like, did that woman die on screen? Like, on film? Did that happen? The whole thing is, I do not know. The whole thing is set up so well that you don't know if they're selling you a Blair Witch Project or not. That's what I mean. I don't know. That was, because it's, it's spliced in, like, it's Mila Jojovich with the, spliced in with the footage like filling in the gaps of what the footage what didn't have, right? Like that's how the movie was presented. And it, and once again, I don't know if that was. Re- I really need to look look that up because if I, I doubt it, that probably would have been. I mean, I guess everybody would have been talking about that if that was real footage, right? I don't know unless that was their plan. Put it in a Hollywood movie, and then people have to speculate. Because the other thing that kind of sells the flick to me is it opens up with said actress. Hi, I'm Mila Jokovic, and I'm going to be doing this. And, like, it starts by breaking the fourth wall immediately of saying, listen, this is a movie we're going to reenact, and then sometimes we're going to have real footage next to our reenacted footage and just to show you. So that whole thing is, I, you know, it's like that thing in Inception where they're like, we got to let him know that he's dreaming. <laughs> so if you tell somebody that it's going to be a movie about reenacting, like, are they going to speculate that it's not? And thus blow it over, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe hiding in plain sight, it could be real footage. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It I is mean, fucked up scary, though, if you ask me. I've just always been fat. The whole UFO 
alien thing, whatever, whatever it is. It's always been fascinating to me ever since that encounter in Sea Isle City. I thought that was that was just like, oh, that was something you don't forget. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, it was just like we were all like we all saw it. We were all like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what was that? I don't know. How can all three of us see the same unexplainable thing? It's, it's got to be really crazy. Like me and Andre talk about it all the time. He's actually the person I'm doing the animation for. Uh, nice full circle there. You're making space for him now. I saw that. Um, I, I could, we could talk about this for hours, so you might as well move on because I'll keep going. <laughs> yeah. Somehow we were trying to honor our mothers. It is Mother's Day weekend. I am going to give a shout out to my mom. Happy Mother's Day. Big D out there. Bare knees. Love you very much. If you're out there, you have your mother. Give her a hug. Give her a call. You know, you add to that statistic of being 30 percent or 37. Excuse me. More busy on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to my mom as well, who's never going to listen to this. <laughs> but you said it. You put it out there in the world and she'll know. And you'll be like, Mom, not only did you get a delicious edible arrangement, but I said your name on a podcast that. Ma, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Nice. Nothing. The what? meatloaf. <laughs> She's so stupid. Ma! Yeah. What? I do that all the time. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. We can close on out of the bros section and open up into the superhero section where we looked at a classic, in my opinion, started what we are now in of the superhero era of taking over the cinemas with X-Men. The original X-Men came out in 2000. Craziness, man. I remember entering or exiting this theater so crisply to think that it's now coming up on 21 years ago. Pretty fucking crazy. Rated PG-13, comes in at an hour and 44 minutes long. Released on July 14th, 2000. So, like I said, just a little bit more and we're going to be turning 21. This movie can finally go out and drink. The little IMDb snippet is kind of freaking stupid. In a world where mutants, quote, evolved superpower humans, unquote, exist and are discriminated against, two groups form an inevitable clash. The Supremacist Brotherhood and the Pacifist X-Men. Directed by Brian Singer, it has some writing credits of Tom DeSanto and Brian Singer writing the story with David Hayter writing the screenplay. It has a lot of famous people in it now. Back then, most were famous, but I mean, I don't think we would have known Hugh Jackman like we know him today without the role of Logan slash Wolverine. Patrick Stewart as Professor Charles Xavier, Ian McKellen as Magneto. I don't know how to say Jean Grey's real name. How, how do you say that? You said it. Famke Jansen. Famke. I believe, I believe that's how you say it. It's so nice. Famke. I like that. F-A-M-K-E. I don't think I've ever actually looked that up or seen her real name before literally this very second. So Famke Johnson. James Marsden. Oh, my God. I want to talk about him for a little bit because he's he's awesome. Halle Berry is in there as Storm. Anna Paquin as Rogue. Basically, oh, Rebecca Romaine as Mystique. We have other small players, but that's a big fucking cast. And what do you think of this casting to start this, just to start this review off kind of like... When you saw the X-Men were coming to live screen and then you saw these people up there, what did you first think? And what do you think now? When I first saw the movie, I mean, I was excited for it, but like, I mean, I didn't care about who was playing who at the time. I just, I was what, I was 13 when that movie came out. I didn't care who the actors were. Like, I wasn't like, I was just like, oh shit, an X-Men movie, awesome. I was actually, I loved it. I still love it. I was just upset that like, 
everybody was wearing black suits and stuff. I really love my favorite thing about the comics and everything are the colors. I love colorful things. And like, I hate, hate it that everything's muted now. Everything. We got to make it dark. It's like, no, <laughs> it's and it started with that. But that's my only complaint. That was my only complaint then and my only complaint now, really. But I love everybody in it. I always thought it was weird that they cast Ian McKellen as Magneto when, like, in the games, in the cartoon and stuff, he was always, like, bigger and buff. And then Ian McKellen's, like, this little guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, not very big at all. I would say the same, so I'm just a little bit younger. And going to the theater, it's not like I was like, oh, yeah, I'm excited to see Blank as Blank. But growing up with the animated show, I did have certain expectations. And the one that blew me away, I know a lot of people, like, it goes on to become the Hugh Jackman show, if you ask me. But the person that blew me away the most is the aforementioned James Marsden. When you look at him with that fucking visor on, god damn, does that look like Scott Summers. The Scott Summers I grew up with, I mean, I agree, I could not hate anymore that he's in all black. I would have loved to see the blue with the cross yellow Chewbacca kind of belt and then his hair sticking out with a visor and shit like that. Like that would have been dope. But when I look at James Mars now, I'm just like, God damn, sir, you were the perfect choice for this role. Absolutely. I'm trying to figure out there was a day that I went to when I went to go see this movie, I got tickets for a concert because people were giving them out for free. And I'm just trying to figure out what the exact date of that concert was. <laughs> I'm looking it up. But yeah, I like James Marsden a lot, and I actually love him in the movie Sex Drive. Yeah. See that? Hell yeah, dude. He Sex. plays the douchey older brother. Yeah, oh my god. But did you ever see the unrated version of it? Yeah. The unrated version. That's the only unrated version of a movie that I just think is like, well, one, you have to see the, you have to see the regular version before you see that. And then they just threw everything. At, like, when the, when the brother answers the door, and he's like, Cyclops! Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, if you guys, if anybody hasn't seen Sex Drive uh, with um, what was his Amanda Cruz in it from Silicon Valley, Clark Duke, Josh Hutchinson? No, 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 not him. That's a different actor. Is it Josh something? His name's Josh something. Josh Zuckerman. Zuckerman. Good movie. Yeah, uh, and it's not on a lot of people's radar, which I find very strange, because I think it's funny, and during the time that it came out, those movies were popular, and I think it's a really good time. It's on Netflix right now in the United States, as far as I know. I'm not sure if it's still there, but I saw it on there, and uh the kid that we're talking about works at a donut kiosk in the mall, and is forced to wear a donut costume quite often, so if you're searching on Netflix... And you see a man in a donut costume. That's that's the one we're talking about. I would I definitely give it a watch. I think it's fucking hysterical, to be honest. We got way off topic into Sex Drive. Go and watch that. I don't even know. How did we get there from X-Men? James Marsden. That's how we got there. There we go. Cyclops. Corny Collins to me as well. If you've ever seen fucking Hairspray, dude, he plays the perfect Corny Collins. He is just he's so dapper. I'm going to go out and say it, too. He's just so handsome. He's so he's boyishly charm, good looking like he smiles. And I'm like, whatever you say, whatever you want, you want to dance or fight X-Men, whatever you say, Scott Summers, Corny Collins, and also the nice Prince Charming from Enchanted. I love Hairspray. He's got such range. I love yeah. Hairspray so much that one time I was I was watching it just down here and my mom opens the door. What are you watching? I was like, Hairspray. She went, why? I was like, because I fucking like it. <laughs> what are you going to do? Bother me because I'm watching Hairspray, Ma. I didn't actually say fucking like it, but I just was, you know, was, I do like it, Ma. The rest of that happened. But, um, no, I, Hairspray is great. 
And one time I ate, I ate mushrooms and watched it. And the part where they're all like, <laughs> where they're all, uh, I'm, I'm, and I'm Link. You know, I'm, and I, Noreen, Doreen. That part, their faces were melting. <laughs> I was like, oh man, what a day that was. I'm going to have to put that on the bucket list. Eat mushrooms and watch hairspray. It was, and it, I mean that. I'm not even trying to be funny. Where they're like, and I was just like, whoa, everybody melted. Once again, colorful movie. Love the colors. You know, I also loved basketball because that movie was just bright blue and red, like the whole movie. Like, it's also hilarious, but visually attractive to the eye, which made me stay. And actually, that's why the Simpsons are yellow. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, that color yellow is the most attractive color to the human eye. And Matt Groening designed it that way, that if you were flipping through the channels, you were probably going to stop a couple seconds longer than you would because of the bright colors. And that's why the Simpsons are yellow and, and blue, like bright blues and pinks and stuff. Also, why a lot of fire trucks are now like that bright yellow color instead of red and fire um, fire hydrants and stuff. Fucking hey, dropping science on us right now, dude. That's Well, I just found that I was that was a Simpsons thing that I always found interesting. That's why they're yellow, if anybody didn't know that. That's amazing. That's that's going to be the nugget of truth that everybody will take away from this. Everybody will be like, you know, this show <laughs> sucks, but this one guy dropped this nugget of truth, and you're going to be the only reason, dude. So I thank you for that. No problem. That's, fucking, that's amazing. Speaking of bright and colorful, though, the X-Men cartoon. Mm-hmm. Kind of going back to that. Were you a fan of that growing up? Oh, yeah. I got the whole set over there. It's right. Oh, you can't see it. It's, it's blocked by this. I know that no one listening could see me, but I, I got the DVDs right behind me, and they're on the shelf. Yes. A I giant wall there, yes. Yeah, I love that cartoon. Still probably my favorite X-Men adaptation. For sure. Oh, yeah. And I didn't realize till years later as I kind of started digging and stuff like that. As a kid, I didn't realize that the animation kind of slipped in the third season. It got a little bit cheaper. And when I went back and after somebody pointed out, I was like, oh, yeah, I see what you mean. But as a kid, I thought it was the most cutting-edge animation for some reason. I thought that they were just drawn to look like adults. And they really did look like rough adults, especially Wolverine. And they treated it so adult-like. And I just I had a few tapes, and I could never get them in order. But I remember just a few episodes of having to take the tapes and being like, I have to watch the middle of this one first, the end of the second one, go back and watch the first and third of the first, and then, like, you know what I mean? So, like, on the tape somehow, the way they were played, it was like, four, two, one, some shit like that, whatever, however you wanted. And I was like, but I had that shit down because it was the Dark Phoenix saga, and I was just like, this is amazing. Did you watch, what the what is it called, Kitty Pride? The, the the cartoon that was made before the X-Men animated series, that was only one episode, and it never got picked up. So it was, like, released as a VHS tape called X-Men, like, the, Pride of the X-Men. Pride of the X-Men, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, it's free on YouTube. You can go and watch it, actually, yeah, yeah. anybody who's out there listening. Um, that, yeah. or, like, I rented that from the video store thinking it was part of the X-Men show and i was like what is this but here's something you might not know about that and here's some more knowledge because i'm just full of this useless information do you remember the robocop animated tv series no there was a robocop cartoon which is bizarre because robocop was a very violent r-rated movie and they made a kid's cartoon out of it 
That's why I chuckled my answer of no. I was like, Jesus Christ, they really are, right? Who's rated R cartoons? I mean, not rated R, like kids cartoons, but like Rambo, like, um, but whatever. That's, that's a whole other topic. But the, the, um, what was I saying? (laughs) Robocop TV show. Robocop. Robocop had 12 episodes, I think. And the 13th episode, instead of spending the money to make a, a finale for Robocop, they produced Pride of the X-Men. So the money that was used that was supposed to make the final episode of Robocop, the animated series, made, produced Pride of the X-Men instead. So technically, that's the 13th episode of Robocop. That's amazing. That's another just like, I, you called it useless. I love shit like that. Those types of little nugget drops are my favorite things to know ever. I don't know how I know that. How did I remember that? With the, I don't know. It's just these things you acquire over the years, and then you're like, like you didn't even know there was a RoboCop cartoon. It's <laughs> there was a a Police Academy cartoon. Police Academy was rated R, the first one. Then the rest were Re- Revenge of the Nerds was rated R. Then the rest were like made for TV. Well, the second was PG thirteen, and the other ones were like PG. And then. What other? There are so many kids' cartoons that became. I mean, kid, adult movies, adult movies, R-rated movies, not made for kids that were kids' cartoons. Like weird. Yeah. Yeah. No. No kids no, wants Mortal, like. Well, Mortal Kombat wasn't. But the games were rated R, and then all the kids' stuff, like the the games were like mature and bloody. Just you know, and then they the, they had these cartoons, like kids' cartoons. <laughs> the idea for marketing or beating down one IP for as many audiences as they can is never going to go away. That's for sure. That's funny though. That's I never knew any of that. That's I would agree though that this didn't do that in terms of this was a very adult cartoon and then this movie was taken super seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of humor in it that I didn't remember. That I'm I was like okay. Thankfully, it all comes from Wolverine, so it's not like everybody's just a ha ha factory. But there was one or two I would have plucked away from him that. Just would have kept it a little bit serious. All in all, this movie is one of the only movies that they've made that has its own original story. With all the other movies being able to point at, at the very least, some sort of comics. At the very best, like an entire fucking name. Like, Days of Futures Past is ripped right off. You know what I mean like that? First Class is its own thing. I don't think there's ever an X-Men book called X2. But you get the feeling, you know, the entire Striker and his past was part of something. This was almost a, almost all an original story. And it holds up. I kept watching this thinking, all right, any any minute now, it's going to seem 21 years old. And the whole as time, I just was so happy with how good it was. As a kid, I, you know, I liked Wolverine, right? Like, and as an adult, I'm watching that, because I, I watched it yesterday to refresh for this conversation. And I'm like, man, he's a dick. Like, like <laughs> Cyclops is like, they just saved your fucking life, and you're trying to fuck my girlfriend. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, like it's it's like... I, I don't know. When I was a kid, it was like, fuck Cyclops. Now I'm like, I feel bad for Cyclops, man. Like, what the fuck did he do? Like, and everyone's like, Wolverine's great. I'm like, he's a fucking asshole. Like, I could not agree. Yeah, the first time uh, they officially <laughs> meet, he doesn't shake his hand. He's yeah, already saved his life. And he, what was that for? Like, I have no for, idea. At that point, there was no reason at all for him to be like that towards him. That's why I was like... He didn't know they were together at that point in time. I've, I've, I just watched it. I don't think, I don't think he did at that exact moment. So why was he a dick to him immediately? I just, it was, I don't know. When I first saw X-Men, I, it was actually at a sneak preview, like a week before the movie came out or a couple of days before the movie came out, something like that. And 
I went with my friend Jonathan, and there were people there giving out free concert tickets. And it was for the Go-Go's, the B-52s, and the Psychedelic Furs. And I just found the date for that concert. It was July 17th, 2000. When did X-Men come out again? Yeah. It July 14th. I remember it being like a few days later. And I was like, yeah, no, this is the date. Uh, the 17th, 2000 at Camden at the E Center. What's that friggin' place called now? The Susquehanna Bank Center. Why do they keep changing the friggin' name? Let's change it to a new bank because it's a corporate sponsor. Exactly, yeah. That's uh, always going to be some sort of bank or some shit like that. I remember going to see this. I saw this in Roselle Park, New Jersey, and I was I was excited, to say the least, when this movie was coming out and go and seeing it, and I don't... I remember almost specifically coming out and doing like this Nick's knit and running around as if I was Wolverine and shit like that and how excited I was. And that doesn't fuel anything of what I watched today. As I watched, I really tried to like take a step back and watch it. There's one part that really rubbed up against me that I'll ask about you in a second. But other than that, it's a great fucking movie. And even how it looked was great. The one thing I wanted to bring up is what I talked about earlier in the sense of Wolverine kind of taking over the show and really becoming the driving force of the franchise, the only one to get his own solo movie, even though there was supposed to be a Magneto movie one way. Did you notice how weak his sideburns were compared to how giant they will be? It's one of the funniest things. When you really look at him in anything else but this movie, you could tell that for this first one, they were like, all right, just grow whatever you can grow. We'll figure it out. And then they didn't touch it. And then for the second one, they're like, no way, sir. Get over here. We're going to fucking put some fur on your face because they are flawless from there on out. But the whole time I was watching this, everybody talks about how much weight he puts on, how much muscle he gets and how jacked he gets. And that's to be expected. I kind of ha-ha at that. But next time, instead of looking at that, guys, go look at the mutton chops that he has in the first one or the lack thereof. You know, it's it's weird. There is some sort of hair there, but not that much. Not compared to, like, then go look at X2, the first shot he's in. Not only does he get a better haircut to give him almost the cowl that he wears, but those puppies are not his. Those are sewn on or fucking glued on thick fucking chops that he has. <laughs> That's that's the big transformation in the X-Men series that nobody talks about. He does a great job. I mean, Wolverine, I, I could see why Hugh Jackman does kind of become the one who carries all this. But I really would have liked if they kind of kept it more around Scott and Gene as well, because I can't say enough how much I love James Marsden. And also, what's that chick? What, what's her name again? Famke Jansen. I think that's how you say it. That's yeah. how I've heard people say it. So I'm just repeating how I've heard other people say it. Uh, so if I am wrong, I apologize. Because not only does it really take a lot of the Wolverine story, but I would say Anna Paquin then becomes the second main character in this ensemble piece of it's really a Wolverine slash rogue story. We open up with her scene her kissing that boy and putting her into a coma. That was fucked up. I remember as a kid just being like, holy shit. The other really big thing that fucked me up with her in this movie was that she couldn't fly or have super strength. Yeah, that's I was. And she never was able to fly through any of the movies after that. And I was like, I, it was just, I always thought the same exact thing. <laughs> I think even as a character, her entire arc ends with her losing her powers or not losing them as in they were taken away. She gives them up. The entire last stand all comes around the story of them finding a quote unquote cure. And I believe Rogue takes it. She is in the Rogue cut of Days of Future Past. And she has her powers in that, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. I had that I did not know. Yeah, did you ever see it? 
I have it somewhere. Anna Paquin comes into Days of Futures Past? Yeah, dude, here it is. Um, the rogue cut. There, there, there it is. She, there's, yeah, there's a whole subplot of this movie. They cut out, you know how Kitty Pride has her back? Well, yep. Kitty Pride gets injured, and they need somebody that could not, that, you know, can not get hurt or absorb the, I forget, I forget. They need rogue for her power. Of, they have to duplicate Kitty's powers so she could continue right. the brain. It's, okay, it's, cool, cool. Rogue, there's a whole, she's in this movie. They just cut her out completely. They put it back in with this version. It's like a half hour longer, I think. Fuck me, Freddy. I've got to get my hands on that shit then. Yeah, this is a, this, uh, it's worth watching. I like this version better. I mean, I actually, this is probably my favorite X-Men movie. So, like, to have the longer version with Rogue in it is, you know, it, I, it's, I like it. Oh, you would go Days of Future's Past is your favorite? I think so. I think it's the most fun. Um, I love the Quicksilver. I love Quicksilver. In it. And that was like the WandaVision thing really upset me when it wasn't actually him. Or maybe it will be. We, we still don't really know. Who the hell knows? Probably save that for a movie. Did you watch WandaVision? Hell yeah. I fucking love the I shit like, out of that show. It's been long enough, right? I could talk about that. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to get the spoiler for that. It's been long enough. After the next series comes out and finishes, that being the soldier of the Winter Falcon something, then you could totally talk about it and say, yeah, he was in it. But was he? I don't know. Yeah, he wasn't well, in this one. We didn't get any Quicksilver in this one. We didn't get any Wanda. We had a really basic Storm, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Wolverine, and Charles on that side. We do see other mutants. Like, we do get a Kitty Pride who's not, who later is cast as, I don't know what to say right now. I guess Elliot Page. Yes. What, I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. But that girl, it, is different, or the, that actress is different in this movie, but we only get one line of her running through the door. The other thing that really fucked me up over the movie is Jubilee. Being somebody who loved the cartoon, I was expecting to see a lot more Jubilee, and only to find out, like, Jubilee's in one or two scenes of, like, see that lady in yellow? That's her. She doesn't say a fucking thing, though. Mm, nope, not at all. And uh Johnny changes between movies from X1 to X2. Pyro. You're right. He does change. But Bobby Drake, what? Isn't his name Johnny? Yeah, his his quote unquote real name. Real name is Johnny, which is bizarre because he's a fire guy and Johnny Storm's a fire guy. What unoriginal fucks there over at Marvel? I know. It's like what the. <laughs> well, I guess the difference being is Pyro can manipulate fire. He can't create it, right? Yes, that's, that's, that's why he's got the lighter. Right, Bobby. That's the other thing. Like, why not? Like Iceman. All right, we don't see him. But I remember, like, him becoming fully iced up was, like, a big deal for, like, that one second. And what was that, in The Last Stand? When yeah, the end of number three. And, like, for two seconds, like, that was it. You're like, what? Uh, and they definitely give you more of that in Days of Future's Past, so that's a good call. Maybe why we like him, because he gets to do the entire bridge and riding the ice storm and everything. That's what I mean. Days of Future Past felt like the cartoon to me in... Like, in that kind of fun, it was also colorful. Uh, there was color in everybody's uniform, a lot of it, for the most, maybe. I don't know, that's why I like in Deadpool, everybody's got the yellows in their, their stuff. Well, I guess if you want to count Deadpool as being part of the universe, and that's probably my favorite movie of them all. Are we counting Deadpool? I, yes. In this, yeah, I mean, produced by the same people who bought the rights, and yeah, no, it's definitely got to be it. They use the same reference. Uh The Days of Futures Past cast shows up in almost a a wee second of a moment that you can miss in Deadpool too, so it's definitely oh, that, canon. 
that was so funny. <laughs> they're all just standing there. <laughs> oh, yeah, you couldn't get more of them, and they were like, close this door, fuck this guy. Yeah, I like that as well. In this first movie, the main bad guy is Magneto. He's got Sabretooth, who will get recast. He's got Rebecca Romaine as Mystique, who will go on until another the, the yeah. reboot. We'll just call it that. Until the reboot, she kind of rocks that. I heard it takes nine hours for her to put her makeup on for this, which is just absolutely nuck and futz. But it looks great up until this day. And their whole thing is that they want to make some of the most powerful people mutants. So they're going to take Rogue, steal her power to make her magnetable and cause this machine that causes humans to turn into mutants. We see a little bit of that with Senator Kelly. He's one of the main people being a dick about it, played by Bruce Davison. He's being a dick the entire movie about fuck him. Then they turn him into one and he turns into a weird fish kind of creature. And did you notice the Stanley cameo in that scene where he's walking on the beach? Where is it? Well, oh, it was when he's walking on the beach. No, I didn't. So he's walking on the beach. Everybody's looking at him funny. And a tiny hot dog cart has a tiny television that's playing the news of like, soon we're going to get more people here. Stanley doesn't say anything, but he is he's the hot dog cart owner. He's just standing there with the other people looking aghast at this man who walked out with no butt cheeks. Like we see his back and he had gills and then they disappear. So maybe when the gills disappeared, his butt cheeks came back. That was very unclear. But his front his front end had to be hanging out, too. So whether or not he had a dung and that went away and came back too, maybe that's what they were all agape about. But, yeah, little little teeny tiny Stanley cameo there for you. Uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I never realized. Because I, I noticed him in Spider-Man. That was the first time I noticed him, but, but X-Men was first. So, and I always forgot about that. You'll have to give it one more watch just to see it now. Just to see yeah. him. He's just there agape, mouth agape, looking at Senator Kelly. The X-Men go to Ellis Island. They end up stopping. I mean, it's, it's an all-around pretty simple plot, but it takes all of the hour and 44, what did I say, hour, well, hour and 44 minutes. Well, I don't think credits. it ever drags, though. The credits take forever. It was actually, it's really only, without the credits, it's an hour and 33 minutes, I think. So I was actually really surprised with rewatching and how short it was in comparison to, like, superhero movies these days and how long they are. I was like, I was expecting this to be longer. I, f- I forgot that it's not that. It's really short. It's a short movie. <laughs> it was, but I loved it. Again, as yeah, something yeah, that's that coming up on 21 years old, it was fucking great. It's as long as it needs to be, is what I'm saying. I, I was like... Some some are just, you know, too long for no reason. I thought this was great. For the 90s, for kicking off this whole superhero genre, it really just made an impact. It really showed you what was up. Only a little bit later, Spider-Man would come and almost up the ante just a little bit. But then, boom, this floodgate opened up. And it's funny, if you look at other movies that X-Men went up against, comic book-wise... I think it was one other. I can't remember the title. Fuck me. But the second movie had like four titles to go up against. And by the time X-Men 3 came out, it was like six or seven different superhero content filled movies coming out with that to show you the growth of like them just like, that's right, bitches. We dropped that mic because that first X-Men still stands so well. X2, in my opinion, takes the notch up and does well. Yeah. Unless Dan drops the ball a little bit for me, but it's not horrible. It's just not great. Wasn't The Last Stand made during, like, the writer's strike of the the early 2000s, wasn't it? Because I was in college when that came out, and, um, yeah. Last Stand is 06. Yeah, I was in college then. All I remember about that movie was, was it was the same year as Superman Returns. Mm-hmm. So I just remember going, like, aha, we're going to see what X-Men gave up. 
When was Spider-Man Singer... the same year too? No, I think that was a little bit after. I got seven, a... eight, maybe. Yeah, all those were just disappointing. <laughs> just like, uh, I, I, you know, it's funny though. It's like with Spider-Man. I, I, Spider-Man is one of the few movies that I've seen in the theaters. I think it's the movie I've seen in the theaters the most, besides Clerks Two, um, the first Spider-Man movie, and it was just because of Bruce Campbell, dude. Like, I love Spider-Man and everything, but the fact that Bruce Campbell was in a superhero movie blew my mind. I was such a huge Bruce Campbell fan. I still am, obviously, but, like, when I was like, he's in Spider-Man, and he's, it's a small but extremely memorable part in all three of those movies. And in the third movie, it's, it's the, he's probably the best part of the movie. <laughs> Anybody who's not remember what you're talking about specifically in the first one, he plays the announcer. He's the one who's like, what's your name, kid? Oh, the human spider. That's fucking lame. Oh, I give you Spider-Man and really names the character. Yeah. In the second one, as Peter's trying to see Mary Jane get into the Broadway show, he's the a snooty usher is what I think he's actually credited as. Mm-hmm. If not like rude usher or something like that. Like, I believe it is snooty usher. And then the third one, he's the French restauranteur. Or, uh, what's yeah. that word? Maitre D. Maitre D. Thank you, sir. Yes, he's the Maitre D. Fuck That's yeah, Bruce Campbell. Of, it's like the only like it's funny, but it's actually funny, not like cringy funny. <laughs> like I genuinely love that part. Yeah, I, I agree with you about X two though as well. Um, I think I like the first one a lot. I like the second one more. Was Colossus in the first one? I don't know. I did him. not see him there at all. And I was in the second briefly. Does he does he become metal in the in the second one though? I can't remember. It's been a while been a while yes it is he is i because i remember that scene specifically of him he's there making fun of like with a little kid he's drawing bobby Iceman kissing rogue and getting all shocked and they're like ha 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 that's actually the first time we ever see him in human mode but that night when all of the guys come in to try to take him he's got this great scene of coming out of his room while coming up and getting shot and the guys empty their clips and he just looks down and the next cut is of them coming through a wall. So you don't see the th- punches thrown or anything. It's a great, it's a great stylistic choice, if you ask me, of him just looking down. And the next thing is just like, oh yeah, he put them through the wall. And we see him. I think that that's it though. In the third one, it's the same actor and he does again go metal, but it's not the same guy who comes back for Deadpool. No. And just one more thing. I'm sorry. The guy in Deadpool never goes human. No, that's true. He's just, he's just a big CGI. Monster. They they actually say that at one point. Deadpool does, I think. X three or the last stand when the, I was like, oh, it started really cool, like Angel cutting off his wings as a kid, and then it just I don't know what happened. <laughs> See, I I yeah. Oh yeah, as a kid, you're right, you're right, you're right. I forgot about that scene. I thought you were talking about the first scene with the with the grown up Angel. And he's, his dad's like, come on, come on, son, you're going to do this. And he's getting strapped down. He's like, no, dad, hold on. Can we talk about this? No, 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 no. When he's, when he's a little kid, like the movie starts yes. and then you don't see him again for like right. the entire movie. <laughs> but I hate that guy in that scene where he's like, no, dad, it's what you wanted. He says it almost as if he's got peanut butter in his mouth okay. and it has bothered me for, I don't know, 10 years now. Like he's that character is so wasted in that movie. There's a lot of stuff wrong with that movie, but there's also some stuff good with it. That's, that's like two Dracula. sequels away for us, though. <laughs> that's true. We're talking about the other movies. We're still talking about the other. <laughs> We're supposed to be talking about the first one. 
Um, but to be honest, we said about it, it's so simple. It just kind of came in and did its job. The one thing that rubbed me so wrong that I wanted to talk about before we get on out of here is the train station scene. Rogue has decided she's going to leave again. Wolverine. All right. Two things that bother me. I'm sorry. Wolverine says to her, hey, you run it again. Let's not leave. Let's stay. Right. Mm hmm. And he says, stay and I'll protect you. I'll watch over you. I promise. And then we find out at the end of the movie that he leaves. So A, he broke that promise. B, now Magneto shows up and punishes Wolverine because a man of metal tried to beat up Magneto. We have Sabretooth carrying out Rogue on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. Toad has gained Cyclops's visor like the X-Men are beat the fuck. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, Sabretooth grabs Magneto's throat. And we're like, whoa, what the fuck is going on right now? And we find out Charles has taken over Sabretooth's mind and Toad's. And he's like, let them go. And we get this awesome standoff moment. Great scene. Mm -hmm. Why didn't Charles just make Sabretooth snap the fucking helmet off of him and then take over his mind, too, and stop the whole fucking shenanigans? Other than the fact of movies over. It was a plot hole that I sat there and I thought about and I went, oh, shit, I had never thought about this before. Like. Why, instead of wasting the time scaring the shit out of us of grabbing his throat, he could have easily palmed with one hand the fucking helmet right off his head and gone, all right, Eric, boop, you're done. I've, I've got your magic helmet. I also love, in in the first movie, Charles Xavier does not know about the helmet, but then in X-Men First Class, it's all about the helmet. <laughs> it's... His helmet game is fucking stupid. Yeah, he does not. We, you know we I mean? go like, through. He knows exactly what it does and how to defeat yeah, him, and he well, does not play with that once. There's somebody. There's he must have a way of blocking me. I can't read his mind. Like he says that, and then, but then X Men First Class, like he obviously knows what the helmet does. Yeah, that movie it tried to seal up or bring together two things, but then when you watch this movie and you look at Charles and Mystique, and you're like, wait a second. Yeah. Their brother and sister, what? <laughs> and she's like, people like you made me scared to go to school. And it's like, no, we watched you go to school. You seem very happy. You hung out with Charles a lot. Like, the fuck are you talking about? You're full of shit right now. Oh, man. <laughs> so even though this movie is coming up, like we talked about, I cannot say it enough because it blew my mind as I was watching this. Just how good it looked, how good it felt. 21 years old. What would you grade this movie as? Uh... Probably B. Give it a B. I'm going to go one more. I was so impressed with how much, because I, again, I remember so vividly Roselle Park, New Jersey, coming out and pretending to be Wolverine. So I knew between that, between the show, and just the love of X-Men ever since that moment through the iterations of different animated, like X-Men Evolution was really awesome, Wolverine and the X-Men was another animated one I fell in love and watched, and the sequels and all of this, I was really trying to step back and be like, how good is this movie? And it was so good that plus the nostalgia and plus me going, holy shit, I can't believe it held up. I'm going to have to go A. I'm going to give this one a fucking solid A, dude. I was so impressed with until that one moment. And that's why I won't get 100% because I was like, he should have snatched that fucking helmet off. That silly son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean, I like I like it a lot. I have no, I always like the X-Men movies. I even like the bad X-Men movies. Maybe not Wolverine Origins. But all the other ones uh, are, are at least entertaining to me. But yeah, the first one, I mean, it really, first, see, that's why I give it a B, because I would give the second one an A, because I like it more, and I think it's a, expanded on what they built in a better way, and then three just comes crashing down. So it's like, 
Agreed. Number two, that opening scene with Nightcrawler is just by far just awesome, just amazing. Yeah, speaking of, wasn't there a question you wanted to ask about who would we want to smoke with? Yes, dude. So, wow, that was a good fucking call, man. This has become one of my favorite parts of the fucking show, and I almost forgot completely. We were supposed to go over this in the bud section. I think I even may have teased it. Anyway, we're here now. Thank you. Thank you for remembering this before I fucking signed off like a goddamn idiot. Sir, one of the questions I like to ask around here is if you could smoke a joint with any member of the X-Men, not just in this first movie, not in all of cinematic, all the X-Men ever, ever, who, and you get their power for the remainder of that day, who would you want to smoke with? Well, I'd like I have two different answers because I would want to smoke with Deadpool because I would like to hang out with him because I feel like hanging out with him would be a lot of fun. But I wouldn't necessarily want his powers though. If I wanted, if I wanted to smoke with someone that had their powers, maybe Nightcrawler because those like teleportation's cool and I'm lazy. So if I could just like go upstairs by just zapping instead of walking up the steps, so that would just you know. So maybe maybe Nightcrawler. Uh, it's a tie between Nightcrawler and Deadpool. <laughs> My answer also has one of your ties of Nightcrawler, because again, of the same I'm lazy, I would like to zap places. That seems like a lot of fun. I also like that he's got a tail, and his tail can do stuff, you know? It's not just like a dog tail of like, I'm happy, watch this wag. His tail does stuff, and I, I think that that's a bonus. On top of teleportation, I also get an extra limb. My second one would be Beast. Again, continuing with my extra limb kind of thing, even back to the Mortal Kombat episode of picking Goro for this reason of like just sitting back with your hands busy and picking up a water bottle with your feet and bringing that to your lips like that's pretty fun. I also don't mind the blue fur situation in either character of just like, all right, yeah, I'm blue. What's up? That's cool. Nobody fucking else is blue. That's for goddamn sure. Yeah, I don't mind the blue fur. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool, actually. Thank you again for reminding me about that. It has become one of my more favorite parts of the show, so great answer. Who would you guys want to smoke with on the X-Men and to get their X-Men powers? Please leave a comment down below. If you haven't already, hit subscribe, like, follow, share. All those fun internet things is all I can ask for you. If you can't do that, also telling a friend would be great, because if you have a friend that likes Buzz Bros or superheroes, have I got a fucking show for you. That wraps up this episode, guys. Joe, sir, I cannot thank you enough for coming and hanging out again. This is your second time on. It's so much appreciated all the time you put it into it. I cannot thank you enough for coming again and all of those fun things. Cannot wait to schedule you for your third one as well. I will be back. Thank you again for having me, dude. I appreciate it. To wrap that up, guys, I have been Nick James. I have been joined with... Joe Gariffo. Buds, bros, and superheroes are out of here.